Hey everyone, this is Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B coming at you from the Market Scale Studio. I'm joined today on the line by Joseph Bato. He's the CEO of Barcode. Barcode is a company that uh, enables pharma companies to verify product safety throughout the supply chain. And Joseph is coming on to give us a little context on how the race for the COVID vaccine has re-emphasized the need for a robust cold supply chain, breaking down where in the process we can really find areas to uh, uh, oversee both safety and quality of the distribution of vaccinations. So Joseph, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Pleasure getting to chat today. So Joseph, can you give us some context on how the existing cold supply chain is set up to verify the quality and the safety of a vaccine distribution in a more normal context, right? So let's say uh, for the yearly influenza vaccine, how is it already set up to make sure that said vaccine is safe, distributed uh, efficiently and in a quality manner? Right, so pharmaceutical supply chain, you know, has some evergreen challenges, right? Uh, today, almost 80% of all pharmaceutical products require uh, some temperature control throughout their logistics. And uh, about 30% of pharmaceuticals uh, are, are actually wasted, uh, or I'm sorry, of the wasted pharmaceuticals are attributed solely to logistic issues. In other words, um, you know, throughout the supply chain, they're somehow either degraded or damaged. The fact of the matter is for vaccines, you're referring to like the flu vaccine, et cetera, about 25% of vaccines historically have arrived in a, in a degraded state uh, as it is. Uh, so, you know, these are evergreen challenges. This isn't new, but obviously as, as we ramp up and prepare for these COVID vaccines, the stakes go up dramatically. But uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization and PDA, uh, essentially uh, uh, put the losses annually to the pharmaceutical industry at $35 billion for these products that are damaged in the, uh, in the supply chain. So has the accelerated race for a COVID vaccine added any fresh pressure to the cold supply chain? If so, how has that manifested? Yeah, it, it has in many ways, frankly. Uh, so number one, I think uh, it's, it's uh, been most aptly described to me as the fastest to develop vaccine, but will be the hardest to deploy. Hmm. It's going to be the hardest to deploy because many of the vaccines, not all the vaccines, but many of the vaccines have very extreme uh, temperature, require, temperature requirements for handling through the cold chain in the neighborhood of minus 70 to minus 80 degrees Celsius. It's a uh, very, very, very cold, extreme cold, colder than a typical freezer or you know truck uh, equipped for transporting frozen products uh, can can ever chill to. So it's it's unprecedented speed, it's unprecedented scale because we're looking to vaccinate literally billions of people around the globe, and the handling requirements are are just off the charts from anything we've done in the past. I know Barcode has a lot of experience working with. Uh, various manufacturers for various clinical trials of vaccines. At that manufacturing level, where would you say manufacturers can add even more oversight and quality assurance to make the drug ready for the cold supply chain? Well, 
I, I can't really speak to making it ready per se, but sure. in terms of prepping it for distribution and uh, uh, putting together their supply chain requirements, you know, frankly, it's always best to start at the end destination and work back as you're putting together your supply chain logistics uh, plan. And I think, you know, all the pharmaceutical companies have understood exactly what this challenge is and they've geared up uh, dramatically uh, and have done just a stellar job uh, in getting themselves prepared. I don't think, this is just my point of view, I don't think we're gonna have any challenges in terms of getting these uh, vaccines delivered in large metropolitan areas to large hospital groups in a safe and uh, effective fashion. I, I think, you know, these delivers will be, uh, these uh, vaccines will be delivered with uh, complete efficacy, et cetera. I think where we're gonna start to have challenges is as we get into more remote locations. So now think of, uh, you know, for instance, a nursing home in Wyoming that's not ordering cases or pallets of these vaccines to be delivered, but perhaps a carton or a couple of vials that need to be administered to their patients and their uh, care facility. I think that's where the challenges are gonna come into play. And frankly, that's where VARCODE can help quite a bit. Our technology is deliverable at unit economics that are disruptive to electronic data loggers and things like that that have traditionally been used in the cold chain, which means that they're, they're economically feasible to go down to potentially even the individual bio level. And they can be used without any specialized equipment. So it can be scanned by any scanner, a fixed or handheld scanner, typically found in, in medical facilities, or even just a mobile phone for my uh, 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 nursing home out in uh, remote uh, flyover country. It's, uh, it's absolutely uh, a good fit in that regard. I'm glad you brought up your technologies because I wanted to just briefly touch more generally on the fact that there are many technologies available right now that support vaccine safety and uh, just the broader distribution process. So especially for COVID, how are you seeing these optional technologies support the cold supply chain? And where are they really standing out? Which are you seeing as most beneficial? Well, frankly, I think it's gonna be a whole constellation of uh, products and services that uh, can ensure uh, that uh, we get this delivered globally um, uh, safely and uh, with uh, full eff efficacy in place. So, you know, it's going to be a, a series of all products. Uh, the, the market uh, for time and temperature monitoring for supply chain globally has been $5 billion, but it's made up, it's a highly fractured uh, market, uh, fragmented market uh, with literally hundreds of players. Uh, pharma is going to have to depend on all of us, frankly, to meet the, the, the needs of this big scale uh, delivery of these drugs. And uh, I think everybody that is in the time and temperature monitoring and protection business is going to be involved at, at, to one degree or another. Uh, as I kind of indicated uh, just earlier, I think our towering strengths are gonna be down at the most discrete handling levels. Uh, you know, when you get down to, uh, you know, cases, cartons and, and individual vials, not pallets and truckloads. Uh, and uh, where you uh, get to the field where there's not any specialized equipment uh, for reading any of these devices. Uh, just a simple smartphone is going to be adequate. But I think everybody that's involved in cold chain monitoring and protection today will have a role 
in this. Uh, and that probably involves uh, not only Varcode, but literally hundreds of competitors as well. And how is this specifically impacting uh, companies and their strategies within the supply chain? What effect are these technologies having on the manufacturers or distributors development and distribution of the vaccinations and sort of how they begin to conceive of the process from the very beginning? Is it shaping the uh, ideation and execution process? Uh, is there a symbiotic relationship there? Uh, what have you seen in your experience? Right. So uh, the logistics and supply chain people, uh, kind of going back to that uh, expression I used earlier, one of the fastest vaccines ever to develop, but the hardest to deploy. Uh, the logistics and supply chain people at uh, these large pharma companies that are bringing vaccines to market are some of the brightest people I've ever dealt with. Uh, these people really understand uh, not only uh, the requirements of uh, distribution and logistics, but these people really understand uh, the science involved in the protection of these things. If you think about uh, what's you know, likely to unfold through all this, is there's gonna be, for instance, a big shortage of dry ice. And all these guys have been essentially preparing themselves for that, et cetera. Dry ice, uh, for instance, uh, can uh, cool to minus 78.5 degrees centigrade, which is really just a remarkable tool then for inside insulated packaging to keep these uh, vaccines chilled as needed. Uh, but dry ice sublimates, it breaks down from a solid to a gas at about five to 10 pounds uh, every 24 hours. So uh, that's a lot of dry ice that's being, you know, essentially vaporized uh, over time. And uh, the folks that uh, we've had the pleasure of working with thus far have a pretty good grasp on that. They have contracts in place uh, to take advantage of, uh, of, uh, of uh, restocking the dry ice at various points in the supply chain. And technologies like ours are capable of letting them know when the product goes into excursion outside of its prescribed temperature range and enable them and give them the field instructions, it's time to change the dry ice now to continue to protect this product. All right, Joseph Bato, CEO of Varcode, thank you so much for joining us and giving us your insights on how COVID is shaping and re-emphasizing the cold supply chain. Uh, if folks wanna find out more about Varcode and some of the work you're doing in this space, how can they learn more? Simply go to varcode.com, V-A-R-C-O-D-E.com. And uh, all of our contact info is there. Daniel, thanks for having me on, it's my pleasure. Absolutely, thanks again, Joseph. Looking forward to chatting again soon. All right, take care.